Boom. Button's hit. Button is hit. I didn't hit any buttons, so I'm not saying anything. Good morning! Speak, friend, and enter the Bag End Book Club. I'm Nora. I'm joined by M. Hi! And Autumn. Hi! And Jackson. Hello. We read a lot of pages. 110-ish. <laughs> we read 110. so much Lord of the Rings. I'm fucking living. Possibly 111. It might be 111. I'm not 100% sure. At least in my book. Um... We read five chapters. Yeah. One of which was 40 pages. It's a very good chapter, though, so... (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you just want a bunch of guys sitting in a circle and talking about the world. Yeah. Um, Can we get the names of the chapters just so I can read it so the the listeners are all... Everybody's on the same page. It's the first five chapters of Book Two of Fellowship, but... It is um, Many Meetings, The Council of Elrond, The Ring Goes South, A Journey in the Dark, and... Um, the Bridge the, of Khazad-Dûm. The Bridge of Khazad-Dûm. Thank you. I lost the line I was on. I could probably summarize this, but it might get rambly, so if someone else thinks they could do better, take it away. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Em okay. can always do it. Okay. So... Frodo wakes up in the house of Elrond and gets brought up to speed on the goings-on of the various factions of Middle-earth, uh, both before and during a big meeting where everyone decides what the fuck they're going to do with the ring. Turns out that there's uh, no clear answer other than, if you're going to get rid of it, you got to go throw it in the volcano in which it was forged, and that means someone's got to go to Mordor. Uh, after much consternation from everyone, Frodo volunteers. Uh, <laughs> Frodo is, uh, brought, decide, is sent off. Gandalf goes with him. Sam goes with him. Uh, Aragorn goes with him. He gets his sword reforged. Turns out that sword's the sword of kings and he's going to be a king someday. Maybe if he plays his cards right. Who could say? Who knows what the third book's called? <laughs> um, the ring a guy from the south, I think. <laughs> yeah, a, a guy from the south named Boromir goes with them. They have a representative of the elves. That's Legolas, the son of Thranduil, who's the king of Mirkwood in uh, The Hobbit. They have Gimli, son of Gloin, who's not actually relevant to much of anything, but he's here. Um, and then, uh, and then uh, Merry and Pippin get dragged in by opening their big mouths. Um, and they all march south, uh, meeting the forces of both Sauron and Saruman, the leader of, uh, Gandalf's wizard order. Turns out that guy's real evil too. Um, but everyone's seen the movie, so I don't really need to recount that that much. Um, and they try to go over a mountain that doesn't work. So they have to go under the mountain, which is the mines of Moria, also known as Casa Doom, the ancient dwarven stronghold that, uh, Balin of uh, you know, of the hobbits, hob, uh, dwarves, um, went and go tried to take back from whatever darkness dwelled in there. Uh, turns out that didn't really work and they get lost and then they find his tomb and then they get attacked and it's a bunch of orcs and trolls. And then it's even worse because it's the thing that's at the bottom of this mountain, mountain, which is the Balrog, a mysterious shadowy magical creature of evil that, uh, kicks the shit out of Gandalf. Um, <laughs> and as they're running out of uh, the, the mines on the other side of the mountains, thankfully, um, Gandalf is lost uh, as 
cast the Balrog into a pit, but then the Balrog drags Gandalf in after him, and everyone uh, leaves and cries, and that is the actual end of these five chapters. These chapters are fucking great. <clears throat> these chapters are fucking great. <laughs> so there's lots of little tidbits to, to mm-hmm. jump in at. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, you just want a summary. I, I was getting yeah, the work yeah, done. Yeah. 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 Uh, my favorite is the part where we see Arwen for the first time, and they say that she looks like uh, Luthien Luth- come again, which is so Weird. funny, considering the uh, the story we heard about Luthien not two episodes ago. Last episode? Last episode. Last episode. Last episode. Um, uh, they're just doing they're, they're talking about that story and um, both Aragorn and Aaron are doing the wow he is literally me, <laughs> me. <laughs> which elf lord do you kin Aragorn <laughs> um, <clears throat> lots of lots of song breaks in these in this chunk yes a lot of songs um, which Rob Inglis was doing really well at, and then you asked me at one point, like, you saw, like, a three-page song at one point, point. you're like, do I need to read this? And I was like, uh, I don't know, I, re- I really enjoyed listening to it, but I don't actually remember what happened. <laughs> I didn't skip it. I wasn't gonna skip it. I was just I asking whether it was, like, important. It was particularly relevant. This is the one where Bilbo gives his, like, recounting of what happened with him and Strider, and then everyone's like, which part was you and which part was Strider? He's like, figure it out! <laughs> and it turns out only one part was Strider, where he added one detail about, uh, he had a green yes. stone. <laughs> I, love, I love that part, because um, the elves are like, oh, all you mortals are the same to us! <laughs> Just fucking absurd thing to say, I think, but whatever. Um, also, Elrond's hella old. Elrond is old, old. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Elrond's old before beyond like all conception of like time compared mm-hmm. to everyone else old. Like he's not Tom Bombadil old. Obviously, he can't get older than that. But he's the next closest thing we're gonna see. Well, I guess. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's say that for now. <laughs> I I love Elrond saying that Tom Bombadil motherfucker. He's old. I don't know what's going on with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, Elrond's like, he's a weirdo. And everybody asks, can we just leave the ring with him? He's like, no! Have you met him? <laughs> or Gandalf I love that there that. has to be a whole... <laughs> yeah, there's a whole area in the um, in the book where, because this is just... Because of how much of this book so far has been dedicated to uh, explaining why the, the Hobbit, uh, like, Riddles in the Dark chapter got changed and putting in-universe justification for it. It's the thing that, that Tolkien's really invested in. And so, of course, he's also invested in it's cutting off at the past. People asking, why didn't they just leave the ring with Tom Bombadil? They have a whole discussion about it. <laughs> I love Gandalf saying he'd lose it. <laughs> <laughs> or throw it away. Like, the, ri- the ring isn't something to be guarded, like, for now. It's to be guarded forever. Like, for eternity is the, uh, the only other thing you can do to it other than destroy it. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, Along our time scale, you know, Will will stop reminding him, and then he'll forget. <laughs> the only other secure place would be to sell it to Disney and have them put it in the vault. <laughs> um, what was it? Um, I was going to say something. I was going to talk about Aragorn cutting a wrestling promo on Boromir. Yeah, that's just good. <laughs> I- 
<laughs> I want to talk about Boromir because I love Boromir. I, I think the, well, the yeah, Gondor Boromir's guys are just the coolest guys in yeah. a lot of ways. Uh, in that they suck, but in ways that are really justified. Like, Boromir's mm. running away from, like, like the front. Like, he, like, is, they, they talk at length about, like, Gondor had like this shining capital city that was like on a river and they had these two mountain fortresses that surrounded it and it was like the best place on earth and that place is fucked now and they were they were trying to hold it and they couldn't hold it and they got forced back because all the mortar forces here and he he's like okay it sucks we're like we're gonna lose we can't win uh so I need to go find anyone who can help and so he rides north for months thousands of miles (laughs) through fucking nowhere and ends up in what could be described as a mountain resort where everyone's fucking doing yoga and singing songs and having a great time (laughs) and everyone's here like oh yes your problems in the south seem very important to you I understand but uh, Gondor ain't shit never was shit this guy that guy's the king you don't know it yet but he's the fucking king so shut the fuck up and sit down (laughs) and he takes umbrage at this in a way he's like we are all of my men are dead like me and my brother and like two others the only people who survived an entire city garrison um excuse you <laughs> love him i love him so much he's so he's like trying so hard to be polite but everyone is being an enormous asshole to him and then aragorn is like oh you think you had it hard i fought things you don't even have names for out in the wild <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's, I, there's a whole bit where he's like, he's like, every no one knows what i did because real heroes work in the shadows i'm fucking batman <laughs> Nothing is true. Everything is permitted. <laughs> um, I love the part, jumping ahead a little bit, where um, Gandalf is like, I'll figure out a way to get into Moria. And Boromir's like, you brought us here and you didn't know how to get in? And everybody else is like, no, 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 he's Gandalf. He'll figure it out. But Boromir doesn't know who Gandalf is. He's like, fuck this guy. He brought us here. He doesn't know how to get in. <laughs> I mean, Boromir does know who Gandalf is, but the men of Gondor just have a little more uh, incredulity about these magic guys than anyone else. Which, like, you know what? Probably fair. Yeah. He did hear a big story about how the leader of the Wizard War is a big evil man. Yeah. Uh, Boromir the is like... the thing he hears when he comes here. Imagine how much more scared he would be if he knew that Saruman had telekinesis and would throw you around oh. the room. <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I like the the weird like uh we've got you know we got some Gondor people we got elves we got dwarves the Rohan and eh, they're a little suspicious <laughs> everyone else is here though so like they're not they're talking about the Rohirrim behind their backs in a way that's really funny because none of them know them I Gandalf um, does Gandalf knows everybody yeah. Gandalf knows everybody also shadow facts alert. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed um, the way that, like, and this is not a thing that I realized because I had only seen the movie, um, and I think it's so much better done here, where, like, it's not like Elrond called, ev- like, called up one of everybody. It's not like Elrond was like, <laughs> I need somebody from Mirkwood, like- I need a dwarf, like, let's get everybody here and talk about this. All these people are just like, oh, I'm in a really bad situation. I guess I'll go ask Elrond what to do. And they all happen to be here at the same time. I think that's really cool. I think it's like a really nice little touch that like things are dire and this is the place that people have like coincidentally all mm-hmm. at the same time like gone here to. But the image of Elrond showing up to like the drive through and ordering one of everything is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, there, 
Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just didn't notice. I feel like this is the first time someone's mentioned money. Oh, Somebody yeah. says gold piece. Like, that's worth a gold piece or something. Yeah. And, like, people, we've talked about wealth this whole time. But wealth in, like, you know... An abstract. Wealth in possessions and, like, uh, you know, treasure. Mm-hmm. But not everyday money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, Brie uses money. A bit of that they, they have, Brie, like, a... Yeah, yeah. And the inn. Yeah. We just and I'm pretty sure the menus money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's called or what it looks like though. No, no, no. And we know we know that like the hobbits have money because we like we understand. I don't know if it gets specifically into that, but like the ways in which it talks about how Bilbo and the other ones like are selling their possessions and itemizing well, yeah, they, them. Like they it, ran an auction for Bilbo when he was declared yes, dead. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, so we so we understand that like money's working in a similar way to here there. Yeah, it was just a oh, gold piece like a coin. I just was not expecting mm-hmm. somebody to mention specifically like mm-hmm. that because it feels so irrelevant to what this story is. But yeah. He's got the wealth of the Shire on his back. Oh yeah, that reminds me. It, it, it's also mentioned that like the orcs like raided all like the mines of Moria and like sent all their like all the treasures they found to Sauron because he just likes that shit. It doesn't even mention him like it doesn't mention Sauron like using all the wealth he has amassed for anything. Maybe he's doing that, but I mean he's assumedly using that to build up his forces more like materially rather than like mm-hmm. I don't know what he's doing. I, I don't know of any occurrence of Mithril in the story other than Frodo's jacket. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm sure he's not out there like making Mithril daggers for all of his guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have I have some answers to this, but they're future stuff, so... I mean, uh, they do mention... They mention that Sauron's recruiting men from strange lands. Yes. Like, some of that's just being used to hire armies. That's true. Yeah, yeah. This is... This is um, that reminds me of like, one of my favorite little details about Sauron here, which is that, like, Gimli and Gloin are here because uh, Balin had gone to try and get Moria back 30 years ago. They hadn't heard anything from Balin in a while. And then a year ago, um, a messenger from Mordor shows up and says, I'll give you three rings so you can go get Moria. Um, like, if you can tell me where um, that hobbit is. And we've just never seen, like, Sauron as a guy who is sending messengers around and like cutting deals and I just was like oh that's like different from like he's sending out guys but they're like the Black Riders yeah and that's a very different vibe from I'm gonna send presumably I'm I was, I'm just like making guess here the mouth of Sauron a guy from later I don't to, know who that is or it could be just any guy to go and like talk to these guys and yeah. like to have somebody who is like of the authority to like barter on mm-hmm. behalf of Sauron, it's weird. as just like a random guy who doesn't yeah. even get a name, yeah, is really interesting. Yeah, like there's just not what I expected <clears throat> of Sauron. There's, I guess. it just makes me think that there's a lot more happening in terms of like organization behind the scenes that we'll never actually mm-hmm. learn about because it's not like we're gonna have a POV character anywhere near there. Or the yeah. narr- narration is never going to like. Tell us exactly how everything's organized over there. So. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, we do also get history of the Black Riders. Find out what the, what they're about, finally. Hell yeah. I love this. 
because they, they're talking about the ring they talk about the, the the rings that he that that guy might be giving the dwarves and uh we get a little bit about what the what's going on with the rings and that like all nine of the men or like were corrupted into wraiths um because sauron helped them make all the rings basically the only ones he didn't help anyone make were the elven rings um someone's like well where are the elven rings then and uh alron's very quiet about that alron's uh, like so shut cast- the Fuck up. Cast, cast your lots on where the elven rings are if you don't <laughs> if you don't already know. Um, place your bets. Um, I, oh, they're streaming for 15 minutes on next Tuesday. <laughs> God damn it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like the and then the dwarven ones are all like claimed or destroyed, and then and then there there's the men. But they talk about how like Sauron when he wasn't a, a weird monster man or whatever whatever Sauron looks like. Who can say? Movies really fucked this one up. Um, but at some point, Sauron was just like, looked normal and helped everyone build these rings and then built, like, basically left himself in like, like a hacker back door when he built his ring so he could control them all. Um, and in doing so ensured that all of these kingdoms that had all these rings fell, um, because they relied on these rings and then suddenly they weren't any good anymore. Um, and, uh, bad times for everybody. This is what I think the Amazon show is going to be about. This has always been my guess. Yeah, they're gonna have like hot twink Sauron. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Lucifer Sauron. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Um, it basically writes itself. Like I, I don't know why they wouldn't pick that. <laughs> uh, as we know, this is a, a a property that has only had the best of ideas applied to its adaptation. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk yes. about Celebrimbor? Yeah, because when they mention Kel- they mention he's he's an important they guy. Say his name he like made three some big times. decisions. Yeah, <laughs> he is the guy who made. He heard the, f- he heard the words that Sauron spoke, yes. and he knew his true evil. Uh, when Sauron created his ring and spoke the words on it, Celebrimbor could hear it from a distance and knew that uh, he was bad. And that, okay. then when his treachery was be- was revealed, uh, but Celebrimbor is the guy who made the three Elven rings, and you might remember him for, as the. <laughs> Half of the player character from the Shadow of Mordor series. I, he, I do not. I do not. Will not. He's ever. a wraith who gets uh, merged with Talion the Ranger, who uses the broken uh, sword as like a dagger. If I'm remembering right. God. Yeah. Um. I love that Saruman just forgot that Gandalf could talk to birds and like just got picked up. <laughs> it's so funny. Radagast just sends an eagle like ah shit shouldn't have had him in like an open roof where he could just <laughs> escape I think the wizard battle is so cool in this because it's not a fucking wizard battle they, there is no battle he just is like you're my prisoner he's like shit I guess you're right huh yeah he's like I'm outmatched here like alright I guess this is what we're doing um both I am outmatched, and also I'm in your fortress. I'm in Isengard. I'm not going to mm. get out of Isengard without... <laughs> it's also interesting to think of Isengard having guards that mm-hmm. aren't, yes. like, the orcs that come later. It's really funny um, that, like, the way it's described, like, Gandalf was writing to Isengard and had a bad feeling about things, but went on, and then... When he's at the top of the tower, he, like, looks over, and on the other side are just all these pits where they're digging up orcs and shit. <laughs> it's really funny that, like, had Gandalf spent, like, 20 minutes, like, just doing any sort of, like, recon, which he wouldn't have any reason to do other than this bad feeling. Um, he I mean, the thing, about, the thing about, um, the thing about, 
uh, or think having guards is it's like a strategically important outpost. I'm sending a map, um, into the chat just in case you don't remember, but, um, the Misty Mountains are that north-south mountain range that run basically the entire middle of the map. And then there's the, the south, the like east-west mountains. And then there's that little gap in between. And that's where Isengard is. That's where Orthanc is. Oh, okay. It's like guarding the pass. And that's kind of where they're, they're trying to go like even like, cause they like, that's the way Boromir rode, but they can't go back that way because Saruman's waiting for them. That's why they have to find a pass over the mountains. I've been, I should have looked at this map a while back. I, cause I've been trying, I have this like, half remembered from like video games years ago but i it's good that i'm like looking at this and getting an idea mm-hmm. the the thing about the map is like i understand like the placements of places um i'm pretty good at like conceptualizing that but i never i always get the scale wrong when i think about it it's big uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, it's it's huge and like because because um we think about stories in terms of events and places uh and like things that happen there and they're like like rohan is a kingdom so it's got territories it's not uh, a city right mm-hmm. yes <laughs> so it's bi- like rohan and gondor are both big in a way that the, the you know um uh, where are they now what's the elf city called just forgot the name of the actual place rivendell, no, rivendell. Yeah, rivendell is rivendell like is like you see where like the, the the misty mountains kind of bow it's like in the like narrow the most like rightward bow on the east oh side. there I it see is it. I yeah can't, you can't read it yes. because the the pixel's low but i yes. see the word yes and it's just like one spot right? yes like, so so um the, the scale and the distance between specific places is what like Merkwood being that fucking massive yeah, yeah. it's is, a big uh, fucking forest it's like that it's like a third of the misty mountain yeah it's it's i mean it's it's meant to be like the 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 black forest in like germany right like it's like a region yes. of the of yes. a continent like they in their travels from rivendell through by the time they come out the other side of uh of moria they're like the, the climate's different here like you don't need your cold weather gear because it doesn't get cold here in the same way it's also yes. just they, like they have- highlights like looking at it like Bilbo saw so little. <laughs> yes. I, I always forget that the Lonely Mountains is that far north from where Mordor is. Because yeah. the east-west like dichotomy is so ingrained in my head of mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, yeah, the enemy in the east and the, the west stuff is over there. And I, I always forget that like the southernmost part of the coast in this area where like they start out is still way to the north of the northern part of Mordor. Yeah. They're uh, all just hanging out up here, and then Gondor and Mordor are down there. They've got all sorts of weird stuff going on down there. It also makes it helps it make more sense, like, okay, if if Sauron grows so powerful he could take the Shire, like, oh, he really has the whole fucking link. <laughs> He's got everything. Yeah. I don't know what's up to the north or to the east of here, or even mm-hmm. in the south, but all this stuff right here. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. And Bilbo just goes like a, the complete opposite direction to this book. Like, he comes to Rivendell and then turns left. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Bilbo's going the other way. Um, Frodo's going the other way. I, I um, loved hang- a much longer journey. I loved hanging out with Bilbo for a little while. He's just an old guy now. He's just hanging out, singing songs. There's um, even a bit where he's like, oh, I, expe- I mean, I started this. I guess you expect me to take the ring to Mordor. I- I'll go throw it in the volcano. I was like, no, just sit, just please, Bilbo, please just sit down. No one's <laughs> expecting this of you. It's, it's both like, like, you're too old for this. And also like, 
we all like you, Bilbo. Just just chill. You're fine. Yes. <laughs> You've done enough. <laughs> Everybody really likes just having Bilbo around. Um, but yeah, I, the thing I like on the on the road south is the part where like Argorn in looking for Gollum went through Moria briefly, and he's he knows it's fucked and just doesn't want to go. He's like anything else, we'll go over the mountains, we'll go to the south. I don't give a shit. Not in there, Gandalf. You know, so, you know it's the shortcut. I promise you, it's the shortcut. The moment, um, the moment that like Aragorn finally agrees to go through Moria, um, like it just. Maybe because I know what's happening, but, like, it becomes so telegraphed that Gandalf's dead. Gandalf is fucking dead. <laughs> like, Aragorn says, like, don't worry, everybody. Gandalf's going to risk everything to get you through, to get you in the ring through Moria. And it's like, oh, dead, 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 dead. <laughs> um... And then, and then they go into Moria, and they hang out there for a bunch of while, and they find the world's first audio log. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Well, I won't really talk about the speak friend that ends a bit, which okay. um, yeah, sure. is you know, a famous bit. He has to, but because of... In the movie, right, famous scenes for the movie, which we're not always referencing, but it's like, how do we make this dramatic? And it's all about the... Um, the thing of the, the water and the danger and uh, freeing everyone. This That's there uh, towards the end, but it ends up feeling like Gandalf's just walking back and forth like, oh, fucking what? It's like, speak what and enter. Um, ah. Gandalf's just stuck. And no one else has an answer. Well, there's a bit where Gimli and Legolas start blaming each other's, like, race for making the door so hard to open. Like, ah. Yeah. It's like, shut up, you're not helping. You're None of you are helping right now. I don't remember if it's Merry or Pippin, but he's like, I will fucking break this door down with your skull. Shut the fuck yes. up. <laughs> yes. Oh my sure. god. Yeah. It's Pippin. And the lines that he is just quoted in the movie, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's really funny because Pippin doesn't actually, Pippin's not being rude. It's like, so what does open it then? After everyone else has been rude to each other, and then Gandalf's like, your face! <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, what was I going to say? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Uh, uh, Monster is here. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, you know, just to keep talking about the movie for a second. Um, when, <laughs> um, we weren't going to do. Well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> We've been, look, yeah. they're more like guidelines. It, also, it will help when I have not seen the next two movies. So, like, yeah. I will just stop being able to do this. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I I guess through these five chapters is where I started to, like, really, like, I really like this book a lot. Um, and, like, I guess a problem that I've always kind of had with Fellowship as a movie is, like, I didn't really understand why things were happening a lot of the time. And, like... Um, the thing that always jumps to my mind is the tentacle monster, which I thought was just, like, a random problem that the movie introduced to give tension where there wasn't any. Um, and this, it feels like, oh yeah, there's, like, we've really well established that, like, the world is dark. Like, there's a lot of bad shit, and there's just random tentacle monsters hanging out in lakes, I guess. Um, it well, feels it sounds like it was driven out of Moria. Yeah. Somewhere deeper. And also, Gandalf's like, mm, weird that it went for Frodo first. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just thought that was like it. It felt more like apropos to like what the scene mm-hmm. was than it does in the movie. I also like. Well, I like. Go ahead, Jackson. You wanna go ahead, Nora? <laughs> okay, I will go. Um, I do like the bit where like they've talked at length about like what Moria used to be like. Like it was an incredible place. It's like the the center of dwarven civilization, and they go there, and it's just like blighted. Like it's like you can't fix it. It it's like everything in the, the desolation of smog was like a real thing that sucked but like it has nothing compared to this like yeah. all of the pools are stagnant all of the trees are dead no there's no sign of anyone despite the fact there should be a whole company of dwarves here there's nothing and then on top of that suddenly strange monsters that were part of the mines are now like out on the world it just ends up feeling like like as like a metaphor for like a, a like a corruptive force like it's it's different than like you know, it, referencing the movie, like the way Saruman's like machinations work. Like this is this is a, a horrible monster that came out at the uh, of the mine, but now the lake is dead mm-hmm. and the water's slimy, and like the the world can't come back from that. In a way that I like, I like that stuff. Is like the way in which Sauron's hand extends. There's a bit where before they even get here, where they're wa- they're walking south, they're talking about the snow, and there's a bit where. Uh, they're talking about why the storm's coming, whether it's like the wrath of the mountain or whether it's Sauron or whatever. And uh, Boromir goes, Sauron's hand must be long indeed if, uh, if he can throw storms at us from like hundreds of miles away. And Gandalf just grimly replies, his hand is indeed long. And that's like the end of the chapter. Sick as shit in the world. <laughs> but this idea that like Sauron doesn't have to like command this creature. Sauron existing makes this creature's like violence more potent and directed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two things just work in concert because uh evil does that. Yeah. Like as much as like all of the people, all the like you know, good folks showed up at the house of Elrond out of like serendipity to be part of this uh fellowship. Also, the bad guys just happen to have their own version of serendipity and it fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you like those wolves? I like yeah. the wolves. I think the wolves are cool. I totally forgot the wolves happened. I was, like, really surprised by this. Because one of the key illustrations in the Hildebrandt art book that I had growing up was them facing off against the wolves. I was hoping to share this with you, but I've only found a 530 by 281 image of this painting. (laughs) Oh, no. You have to to share the tiniest painting now. I have to see the tiniest one. The the very tiniest one? No, just this one you're referencing. You have to make it smaller. It was just a... I think it's the cover of the art book. Oh, sick. But Boromir's there in the This back. action pose Frodo is just so outside of my conception of Frodo. <laughs> Frodo! This is uh, Zelda 1 Link. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny how <clears throat> through book one, like, Frodo is the protagonist. Like, you know, Aragorn's there and there's other stuff going on, but Frodo is the protagonist. This first part of book two, Frodo is totally just like, I am just letting the big people tell me what to do. I am just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's the Argorn Gandalf show. Like, they're the mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's why you have to, like, get Gandalf the fuck out of this book. Because, like, otherwise they, w- they would get there. No problem. There would be... There would be conflict, but it wouldn't be that bad. Like, this book has repeatedly... This book meaning all the fellowship has repeatedly hit us with Gandalf can't solve this problem. Gandalf can't fight this guy. Mm-hmm. The wizard can't just fix everything. Yeah. Even though he was like the problem solver in all of the Hobbit. Yes. Um, 
Um, when he gets like kicked down the stairs by the Balrog, and he's like, Woof! <laughs> oh, well, that, that was rough. <laughs> the, the thing about that is like he it's the way in which they talk about it is like he he's trying to do a shutting spell in the door and something on the other side starts doing counter spells that he wasn't expecting. And so he panics and does like a like a command. Like he says a, like a word of command, like he can force the issue by just like marshalling like the innate nature of a door to be shut or something. But to, like. The way I read, I've always read that is like his, the spell was so like haphazard and like done in a panic that he basically blew himself down the doorway. Yeah. Um, and that's sick. That's the thing that's cool <laughs> is it makes him fuck up like to the point where he just comes rocketing down the stairwell. So I do have some, qu- a question. I, w- I meant to look this up, but I didn't have time. Uh, I wanted to look up what Gandalf is saying because every time he casts a spell in this set of the book, he's saying, El- what I presume are elven words, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't actually know what. I assume he's just saying commands, like you said, of like light on fire or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I-, I would be interested to to know exactly what the- what all that was. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What do we want? We want. Um. While you're looking for this, I'll just quickly touch on. Well, I don't know. This might be a longer conversation, but um, my the Frodo moment that did really hit for me was like when Frodo does like, like I will take the ring to Mordor. Um, that moment really fucking hit for me, um, and I am excited to get more Frodo stuff in you know the rest of this book and the rest of the trilogy because like that moment was really moving to me, and then he's kind of like faded into the background a little bit. Um, Mm-hmm. Um, I can find the one he uses on the uh, on the mountain oh, on Karadros. I, I, I found a, a list of them here. I'll send this to you. Okay. Uh, we've got stuff like Arwen, uh, which I guess yeah. this. So is the from- door spell he the door spell he says Elvish Gate open now for us doorway of the dwarf folk. Listen to the word of my tongue. It's all like very straightforward mm-hmm. um it's just about saying the words in the right way because his whole his whole point there is like these aren't secret doors it's not like it's like the hobbit where that door that keyhole was only open for like one minute on one day if the sun hits it just right like these were these were the, the halls of the dwarves they, they just had them open people just sat here and guarded them uh this is these, these are specifically the ones from the movie i'm seeing now because it has the part mm-hmm. where saruman is using the storm which is not in the book yes yeah in the book it's very much like could be Sauron, could just be that the mountain itself doesn't want us here. Either way, it's a bad time. We need to go. We need to get the fuck out of here. Um, I, I, I do love the bit where uh, Boromir and Aragorn are just like, I guess we'll just plow the snow because we brought people who are three feet fucking tall with us, like morons. <laughs> That bit's like, and then like, oh, Aragorn's head was barely poking out of the snow. It looked like he was swimming. It. <laughs> All right, Boromir, and then you they, they, they do, do I'm gonna push you through the snow. <laughs> they do just do the bit that feels like it could have been like the movie gag where Legolas is just walking yeah. on the snow next to them. Is like, okay, I'm gonna go check what's up ahead. I'll be right back. <laughs> they, also, they also said he wasn't wearing boots, but was just wearing shoes. And I just yeah, he just moment, wears light shoes. I was a moment. I had a moment of like. Well, what what are shoes if not boots in medieval shoes? I don't know what. 
shoes. You mean they, like, they just wearing mean Jordans? No, no, no. <laughs> they just mean like light leather shoes. Like boots have like soles. Like I assume he's wearing like not quite foot wraps, like a, something a little more elaborate than that, but like just shoes, normal shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the the medieval equivalent of like tennis shoes. Sure. Yeah, I mean, my perception is that elves don't really yeah. worry about um weather, like temperature, in the same way. Yeah. They're immortal. What do they care? I guess so. Um. Um. Trying to find like a good picture of what I assume uh, he's wearing. Um. Man, you search for this and you just get the <laughs> most like hokey bullshit in the entire world. I I searched for it earlier and just got cosplay stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um. I... But they they talk like a lot about like how Boromir Boromir's like a guy who he wears a shield and his war horn wherever he goes. Like he's always right. described as like trudging and like that's a guy that's like they they talk about how like Aragorn's like way taller than him, but Boromir's like wide and sturdy. He's just a he, big motherfucker, like you know, in the way that like Legolas is not. Yeah. yeah, I just in general I like the way that like Boromir is a normal guy. He's just a pretty normal guy. Which makes him the Here we go. Biggest... These are the kind of shoes I assume Legolas is wearing. Just like normal, mm-hmm. simple leather shoes. Um, but being just a regular old guy does make you the biggest asshole in the world when you have like um, Aragorn and Elrond and Gandalf hanging out being like, we have the Council of the Wise to, you know, um, talk about important things. And... <laughs> I uh, I am very sympathetic to Boromir. I feel like he is ill-treated by everyone who's like, ah, oh, this guy from the South, whatever. I'm like, Gandalf's met him before. Like, they know who Gandalf is in, 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 in Gondor. He visits there. Like, there's a bit where he's like, yeah, he came in and asked my father to see all his secret books. And my dad was like, yeah, oh, right. My dad runs the city, by the way. The last big city in all of Middle-earth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh it wasn't even Boromir. Like there was that other guy at the council who was like being sassy, and and yes, Gandalf was like, "Okay, I'm going to answer all of your questions in a line, and first this one, and then have Elrond tell tell this part, and then." Mm-hmm. Um, there's also that part with the flying boat. I totally missed this. One hundred percent, just missed this. The, in one of the song breaks, is about the guy who put a Silmaril on his boat and then flew around. I think this it was, was pretty cool. I think I was listening to this last night and was like, oh, there's another mention of the Silmaril. I guess it's not important. I should read this at some point because I'm not getting it through song. We'll get like, all wrong. of that stuff later. It's yeah. fine. Um, I did really like at the Council of Elrond when Frodo gets up and tells his part of the story and um, he sits down and he's feeling like, oh, I had to like talk in front of all these like important people and they like listen to me and I'm just a little hobbit. Um, and Bilbo, like, pats him on the back. He's like, I'm better at writing books than you are, but you're getting there. <laughs> if they hadn't interrupted you so much, you would have made a pretty good story there. <laughs> um, Bilbo's great. I love that guy. Yeah. How many times does Frodo say he wishes Bilbo was there before Bilbo was there? A million times. <laughs> he wakes up and he's like, hey, Gandalf, is Bilbo here? And Gandalf, like, just smiles at him. <laughs> Gloin is like, oh, hey, uh, Bilbo's definitely not here, just so you know. (laughs) 
Bilbo was just lurking. Mm-hmm. Just hanging out, thinking. Yeah. Eating some bread. Also, Bilbo constantly wanting to leave the Council of Elrond, because he's just like, can we please get some fucking food? <laughs> Fair enough, Bilbo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this section was great. I had a, it was like way too long to do for a, <laughs> one episode, it was uh, but it just worked out that way. Council of Elrond, in particular, long chapter. I did. I did finally like. I have been listening to all the Earthsea books and and this at like one speed because I like the way that Rob Inglis narrates at one speed. But this this time I did like look at how much I had left. I was like, okay, one point one. 1.2, and I got it up to like 1.6, <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, let's speed it along, please. <laughs> it's not like it's boring. No, no, I... It's just a lot of stuff. I just didn't uh, start with enough time before the deadline, that's all. Otherwise, I would have listened to this whole thing at one speed. I just had a nice morning today, just sitting next to the window. Yeah, it's chilly outside, reading a book. I like how it continues to be kind of aligned with like where we are. Um, cause I think it's mentioned that it's like, you it's know, December, October or something like that. It's December when it's they December. Yeah. It's December when yes. they leave. Yeah. They're there for two months, just chilling. Yeah. Everyone goes on like a sojourn and Frodo just kind of hangs out with Bobo mm-hmm. in that time. Yes, because it's October when he comes in, and it's December when they yeah. leave. And, and uh, everyone comes, everyone goes out across the world to like find out what's going on, and they all come back like it's it's quiet out there, which is like the worst news you could possibly get. <laughs> I do love. Um, oh, we do find out that Bjorn's kids are a bunch of assholes. Yes, <laughs> that that is tossed off, which I think is funny. <laughs> uh, they're just like extracting, like they're guarding the roads, but they they they're extracting tolls. Like they're definitely <laughs> landlords about the whole fucking thing. Um. Also, the ring rates mm-hmm. got owned. Mm-hmm. They lost their horses. Only their horses. They lost their horses. They lost their clothes. Mm-hmm. So they're just kind of- well. The bit, <laughs> the whole thing with the horses, right? Where he's kind of like, no, the horses are real. They're just horses. <laughs> they're normal ass horses. <laughs> they're used to evil things, so they don't run away. But they're just horses. But they're gonna have something way worse than horses next time. Yeah, <laughs> he was right. Um, but like, um. They lost their horses and they lost their cloaks, so now they have to make their way back home however they do that. And it seems like it seems like they've been like impeded in some way. And it's mm-hmm. never really explained like what existence is like for them when they are not clothed in riding. Mm-hmm. But I have to imagine either they're just like invisible guys, they have to walk all the way to Mordor, which mm-hmm. One does not simply do, or they have to pick their way through without being like physical things and like just kind of. Yeah, I assume they're like ghosts, just kind of drifting yeah. their way back, right? Yeah, yeah like, there's a, there's I a think part it is that because at night something like passes over them that is not like a thing. Mm-hmm. Like they're not really sure. Frodo sees it and like as this, as this dimming of the stars, and it's like not ever really explicit what it was. It's clearly some sort of like spy of the enemy but it's unclear if that was like some birds or uh, a wraith of some kind or mm-hmm. just some presence uh, he doesn't really talk yeah, about it anyway because they say that like they have to have they keep the um like they don't exist the cloaks are there to give them form perceptible to humans yeah. mm-hmm. 
um and so they can interact with the world by taking on forms so i i read it as like without their horses and their cloaks they have no ability to like take on form mm-hmm. so it's not they're like invisible guys they just can't like i don't even know i don't even know the layer of existence that they're working on and how it would like be to like like does it just mean they teleport instantly and no obviously not it's clearly like an, a lot of effort for them to get back we know this from the description we have no access to like what their current mode of existence is because all of the tools they use to like bridge that gap and interact with humans are just gone. It must suck. Is this where the yeah in these chapters is this first first time we hear the word Nazgul? Have we like heard that vocabulary? I don't remember yet? if they if if Gandalf said the word Nazgul or not. But. I I felt like he did, but I can't remember. Um, I mean, when in the in the lore chapter early on, I don't remember if he said that or not. Or if he just yeah, said I don't the know. Nine. Yeah, I think he just said the nine or whatever. Anyway, doesn't matter. It's a cool word. Cool word. Um. Oh yeah. The other thing I remembered it when you mentioned walking to Mordor. Um. <laughs> there's a, like when Boromir is telling his story and he's like, you know, we were at the, you know, we were as close to Mordor as we could get, and we're you know fighting off. We're on the front. Blah blah blah, and then. Aragorn, his story being like, yeah, so I didn't go, like, into Mordor, but I got pretty goddamn close to Mordor. <laughs> just like, oh, Aragorn is operating on some different shit than Boromir is. He he was there. <laughs> like, he went in and got Smeagol. <laughs> um, if you look at the map that Autumn had, if you expand it all the way out... <laughs> Uh, like enlarge it and then zoom in. Uh, you see where like the Gondor and Mordor meet, mm. uh, and little river. You can see Minas Tirith and Osgiliath and Minas Morgul. Uh, Boromir's not lying about mm-hmm. they're just like on the front of Mordor here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It sucks there. It seems like it sucks. Minas Tirith and Minas Morgul are literally like on on, on like a Unreal 2002 map between each other yes yeah <laughs> um at least i know i know like not technically but like on this map as well look yeah. they're two massive towers facing each other with a bridge in the middle i mean there's uh, like a long yeah. ways between them like but yes i don't know what the specific distance is but like by the scale of middle earth they're right next to mm-hmm. each other yeah it looks like if this scale it looks like they're probably about 50 miles apart so 20 each 25 from Sgiliath. so like a good mm-hmm. day's ride I, probably i googled it and Minas Tirith to oh wait this is Minas Ithil, is that? Uh, Minas Ithil is uh, Minas Morgul. Yeah, fifty miles correctly. it says. Yes, According yeah, yeah that's what the map looks like. Broadly. So that's like that's like one hard day's ride or like two days travel. Yeah. Um, that might be all I had about these chapters. Yeah, I, dude, this book is just fucking good. I like that the writers for the Elder Scrolls read this and they were like, okay, the dwarf shit is great, but it needs way less vowels. <laughs> I did like, um, I think it was Mary being like, you really break your jaw trying to speak that dwarf language. <laughs> or maybe it was Sam. I think it was Sam. Sam's I, just best friends with the, the, the thing- in this chapter. <laughs> Oh, he, he's really concerned about the pony being left behind, which I laughed about all the times ponies died in um, fucking uh, The Hobbit. <laughs> like, yes. They were not safe in that book. Uh, I said, like, it signals Sam as, like, a like a really... I, I feel like that is intentionally positioning Sam as compassionate in a way that these other characters that we know yes. to be compassionate are not. Yeah. Like, 
Like this it is beyond the normal amounts of like regular compassionate characters. But this signals Sam. No, he he cares about this pony mm-hmm. in a way that Gandalf like he cares abstractly and it will be nice to it. But and he'll give it like wards of good luck. Uh, but when that but Sam's when like, no, that pony, this pony gets might old, die, Gandalf's like, all right, let's keep moving. <laughs> well, he gets right, away. Exactly. Right? He runs away from the monster. Yeah, the the, the oh, yeah, Bill just runs yes. away. Okay, yeah. okay. They're just, just separated. It. Like, it, it does. Just sep- it does help. Like Gandalf does, like help him with the the wards yeah. and the pony is yes. safe. But like, he doesn't like if if, if the pony wasn't safe, it wouldn't have fucked up Gandalf's day. Yeah. No, <laughs> it wasn't like a moral quandary to Gandalf. Whereas Sam was like the the pony. <laughs> Sam was ready to leave Frodo because he's like, you've got like seven guys watching you. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with the pony. <laughs> yep. Uh. The other thing I want to note is just um, all the stuff in uh, Rivendell is really interesting to me in how um, this is the thing that like writers are basically not allowed to do anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just just if you do it, you will be shot. Um, Daniel Green will make a really angry <laughs> video and he'll be like, oh, I hate fancy authors these days or whatever the fuck he goes on about. Uh, but it's a chapter consisting entirely of people who have survived telling tales of things that happened to them once. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. I didn't think about how this would be expected to have like occurred in real time in the narrative in uh, of a fr- if it was from right. a different author. And it, I have read books where this has happened and it often is really boring and annoying when like why why wasn't this just a scene like a proper scene? But because of the mode Tolkien's operating in, like, this is so much more explicit about the thing of, like, no, meeting people means learning information. Yes. Yeah, the, it's piecing together a narrative of where the world's at. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and so it has a purpose beyond just I, this happened off screen. And yeah, it, 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 it brings you and even, like, Frodo into, this is why Elrond is powerful, because he hears this shit all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, they even say, like, Elrond's, like, famous for, for being a lore master. Yes. <laughs> well, and also, like, the way that Gandalf tells stories feels distinct from the way that Bilbo tells it from the yes. way that Aragorn, like, these characters are given voice through the way they tell stories, uh, mm-hmm. which is, like, important. Bilbo told his story in two senses. It was amazing. <laughs> Bilbo either tells a story in two sentences or writes a four-page song. Those are the only two <laughs> modes that Bilbo operates in. I mean... This is. I was making a joke because Tolkien just says, "You read the Hobbit." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> but it, um, it is more than you read the Hobbit. It is also like we heard, like we had Bilbo give a song the other day, so we know the audience understands how Bilbo retells things to like audiences. Uh, so that's information that we have. Uh, so we just need to go over it here. Whereas, like when it's talking about Gandalf getting um kidnapped, that, that you get that in detail. Mm-hmm. Gandalf gives you the dialogue tags and everything. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. So I said to him. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, there is only one Lord of the Ring. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Mirkwood Elves briefly. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> they keep letting so prisoners first... escape. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, this one's not on them. This one, they decided this one, to take wait. him out into the woods. <laughs> yeah, they've been watching. They've been watching him for like months Mo- years like long months, time possibly years yeah yes. and so they're like we don't want to keep him in, in like a hole uh that's rude we're gonna we're gonna like take him out for walks and he can chill or whatever and then one night they're like just walking him same as like any other night and they get like jumped by a bunch of orcs it, it, i don't think this one's on them <laughs> 
the actual thing in the um, Gollum story is what it revealed, like the journey that Aragorn made. Mm, yeah, yeah Aragorn like, has just yeah. like traversed the world eight times. Well, he traversed the world eight times, but he's also this time he's got like Gollum with him, who he's starved almost to death because when he's starved, he'll he'll like you know be tamed. Yes, I'm like like holy shit, Aragorn, what have you done to <laughs> yeah. Gollum? Just. The, just some hardcore gnarly fantasy shit that's not treated that way because that's not the kind of book this is but like in the future there there will be books that lean into this kind of shit yeah. right of like uh, we, we tame this beast by chaining him and then we're like damn yeah. god Aragorn doesn't fuck around he gets that sword forward Aragorn the- yeah <laughs> Aragorn has a whole arg- in his argument with Boromir. Uh, Boromir is basically like, no, we have to like protecting people means having a state and a city and a people and like making a place. And then <laughs> straight up, Aragorn, I like, didn't remember he said this, is like, you need a CIA. You need to be in the, in the shadows, <laughs> just fucking stuff up uh, because people can't fuck stuff up for themselves. It's good that the, the people are simple. The people are simple because I'm stabbing guys in the night for them. <laughs> they don't even know. I'm it. called Strider by a fat man who would. Lose his shit if he knew what lived 20 feet away from his house. <laughs> He's straight up to the like, you want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. I mean, he, th- this is Aragorn's most Witcher. Like, this is, he just yes. falls into being the Witcher suddenly. It falls into so that, but also, like. All of the rangers of well, this sort of, like, culture, like, this remnants of that culture, the, the way that yeah. Aragorn is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that because that was the thing I mostly took away was it was, it was him. It was very funny and it was like very grim tired for Aragorn. But it was also really interesting in terms of like the the Rangers are not just people doing this. They are a culture and they have a view of their purpose in the way that Gondor ha- like contrasts that. Yeah, they're like, what if the Knights Templar were the Brotherhood of Steel? <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good thing. That sounds real <laughs> bad. No, also, like, but it's, it's in good in this nurse. one because they aren't actually starting any shit. They're like they're literally doing the good thing. <laughs> I only That's know the what thing one is of those like factions is, but I agree with you, whatever you said. Yeah, but like generally, like the thing about this is like Argorn has no cross purpose. He's doing this because it's the right thing to do, and then now his job is to go and use his sword to like help reclaim the kingdom. If that means he, the king's returning, who can say? Bilbo loves it. B- the part where Bilbo wrote the fucking story about like n- uh, not all its gold, uh, not all things are gold glitter, or whatever, is really funny the to crown? me. He's like, oh yeah, the Dunedain told me all about his shit, and I wrote this little jingle about him. Crownless will be king. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to believe that Aragorn's mortified anytime someone sings it. I I love that, um, like, Gandalf and Elrond vouch for who Aragorn is, um, and Boromir's still kind of, like, not believing it, and so Bilbo stands up and says a poem at him, and that's going to convince him. <laughs> Glorfindel was here a little bit. Um, oh, la- to, to explain why you can't just throw the ring into the ocean. Um. Yeah. Well, some it was in a river for a good long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, you dig the river goes away. Yeah. I mean, this is the same thing as the Bumbadil thing. Like, like yeah. the the rings threat exists on a scale beyond. I uh, let's say ninety nine percent of the people here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah. That really got a kick out of also. Um, I think during the big meeting, but it could have been at a different point. Like Gandalf, like refers to Sauron as the Lord of the Rings, um, and I was like, "Oh, that's the name of the mm-hmm. um, <laughs> pointing, pointing <laughs> at the screen." <laughs> but then, like ten pages later, or something like that, like Merry and Pippin are hanging out at the party and are like, 
Oh, Frodo, he's the Lord of the Ring. And Gandalf's like, stop that. <laughs> Do not say that. Yes. Uh, is that all we have for uh, this week's Bag End Book Club? Maybe. I think so. Um, Jackson, where can people find you online? You can find me online at headfullsoff at twitter.com and you can find the podcast that me and M do at abnormalmapping.com uh, where we're doing a bunch of podcasts. Uh, Abnormal Mapping is our game club and we, we just rudely changed. <laughs> we just completely changed the game we're doing. I'm very happy for you. Uh, this month. <laughs> Well, we change, we change the game is how you should pitch this actually. <laughs> we change the game. We change the game. <laughs> <laughs> By which we mean instead of covering a like smaller game from last year, we're covering a massive game releasing this month. If if you're playing Forza Horizon 5, we're gonna be talking about that on a normal mapping at the end of the month. Look out for that. I like when you talk about driving games, so I'm excited. We really don't do it much, but we like we the, the thing we like them a lot, and we just don't talk. This doesn't really interact with our like abnormal mapping interest set. Yeah. Uh, but people will be pleasantly surprised how much we like. No, we like driving games. Yeah, Autumn, where can people find you online? You find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. All the other podcasts at exportodd.io. That's also the Patreon where you can um, give us a dollar, give us ten thousand um, dollars. You get stuff early um you help us move to a different state later this month so um listen to hot singles um it is a podcast that i am not on currently but i will be on soon um and have been on historically um we review albums and i'm catching up on the episodes they've recorded without me and they've been really fucking good episodes so i hope people um are enjoying them M, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. Uh, Jackson already plugged the bop main pods, but you go to uh, patreon.com slash mapping, give us a dollar or so if you want to listen to other things. For five dollars, you get blockbusters, which is me and Jackson every month watching a movie and bringing it down. We're about to record our next one. It'll actually be the day this goes up. Uh, this will go live as we're probably doing that. Uh, we are going to be watching Dirty Harry, which neither of us have seen, and that'll be a fun time. We'll be recording that. It'll be out shortly. Uh, so look forward to that. Otherwise, I'm on a bunch of podcasts with autumn yeah one one i'm on one we're on uh gotham city limits export audio slash batman uh it's good we're about to do beware the great ghost which uh we this podcast drops will be the day uh yeah beware the great ghost drops i'm so excited i love this episode yeah i watched i watched it yesterday that that good episode of uh television you could you could do much worse than watch that one citizen kane Um, of batman I don't know if I would go that far. Mm. I wouldn't post that. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. The thing is, it's definitely going... We'll talk about it tomorrow. It's fine. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora. Find stuff I do at NoraBlake.online. I do a lot of podcasts at ExpertOdd.io as well, including Back to the Ark, a patron-exclusive Marble Hornets podcast, uh, which updates twice a week. I do Attention Duelist, a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast I do with Olivia. We're almost done with Yu-Gi-Oh! Season Zero. We've just got three episodes and then a movie before we start real Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> um, I also do something 
was going to say something. Uh, now is a great time to become a patron of Export Audio because, number one, you'll get all that stuff. Some of it you'll get early, like this one. Uh, and also, what you'll get early on Christmas morning oh. is our third annual yep. Export Audio holiday special. Yep. Where what fool have you roped in this time? We will be joined by Olivia Joseph. <laughs> okay. Uh, in, in our third audio commentary track... For the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> I don't know why you... I don't, okay, I do know why you chose the Star Wars Holiday Special. But I would have chosen, I don't know, Star Wars? We, no, it's really no, weird. No, no, no. We watch Star Wars on Christmas Day as a couple. That's our thing. That's... Oh, yeah. okay. I okay. make that's, breakfast that's on Christmas fun. morning and we watch Star Wars together. For the podcast <laughs> listeners... <laughs> holiday special we usually record that like on the 20th or something so the the serendipity of olivia also being on our christmas beach house this year to talk about kari kano uh that didn't actually that was not planned but it is going to work out olivia that way so that's fine christmas present <laughs> yeah it's so christmas true. dog podcast rookie of the year obviously, <laughs> two years obviously we, we don't do this uh, because that's not how a normal mapping does Christmas specials. Uh, but just in a hypothetical land, if we um, had to choose a movie or show or thing to to be our every year thing, what would we choose? Pick for, one now for Christmas. One thing. It doesn't have to. Be, the The point is, we do it every year. I guess it doesn't have to be Christmas themed, but the same way that they've chosen the holiday special. <laughs> What would we choose if forced to? Luckily, no one's holding this, us to this. Ooh, I think it'd be an episode of The West Wing. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh I, I like my, my whole body recoiled. <laughs> it, it could be actually one of the Christmas episodes, I guess. No, it should be like two cathedrals or something. <laughs> two cathedrals every year. <laughs> well, everyone get together, we're going to sing that one um, Die Straight song. <laughs> God. The 9 11 episode. That's what I was thinking. I, I, yeah. Every year on 9 11, you do another West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> we watch the absolutely unhinged 9 11 episode where he's like, some people in the world have to be have, live in fear of being bombed. It's called Israel. Um, that's the only line I remember for the episode, but I believe I didn't forget that one. <laughs> anyway. Read on. Let, Read on <laughs> and the Red Dawn.
That game sounds fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 like, possesses you, and he's... When you're doing magic shit, you're, like, summoning his soul. That's how you're making all the orcs your slaves. Yeah. Uh, and then you go talk to, you know, um, the human hot lady version of uh, whatever her name is, the spider. Shelob. Yeah. I played stupid about games. I'm never going to play gets, It gets way dumber when you... Uh, play through both of them because uh then at one point me and jackson read the summary of the second game and i remember being legitimately aghast at the plot but i it's fallen out of my head at this point i was specifically going through like uh literature lord of the rings reddits like for for real nerds Mm -hmm. and seeing their reactions to (laughs) (laughs) um, the shadow of mortal games and then eventually we just like read a summary really want to hear the specifics i'll just say the italian is technically in those movies if you accept those games as canon i do not and will not <laughs> i mean italian's italian's like a made-up this is like oh if you think about it uh karen horn or whatever the, who's Horner, the rogue squadron yeah. guy karen horn is actually uh this guy off the you know who runs past the screen at one point because we is it doing that uh no it's that guy there is no longer the guy he was in the last movie. He's secretly been replaced by Talion. Oh my god. <laughs> which guy is it? Is, is it a plot relevant guy we can't talk about? Or can we just say I mean, which he's guy? A Wait, he's one of the ring raids? <laughs> the last cutscene of Shadow of War is him dying when the, uh, a volcano erupts at the end of the movie. We went over this. You forgot. We must have. I forgot. I completely forgot. Oh, holy shit. It's really anyway, dumb. That's stupid. Why did we have a five minute digression to that? So that we can put something uh, anyway. after the end credits. <laughs> <laughs> Are we cutting it out? I didn't. That's a lot of work, but I guess it would be funny. 